broadcast. Well, I'd love to be talking about just about anything else. Hopefully we're talking about the Rangers doing well by the time you listen to this. But hey, the Frogs went to Manhattan and they just, you know, they just got reduced to a grease spot in the Little Apple. 41-3, TCU falls to 4-4. Four and four. Uh, We usually like to open the first 20, 25 minutes with a series of highlights. I don't think we could fill 20 to 25 seconds. And so, Jeremy, you always have your quick quick post-game reactions. Uh, Just give it to us straight. Nobody saw this coming, not the least of which is you. What did you see at the game Friday, Saturday night? About as bad a football as you could play on both sides of the football. Um, Offense didn't do absolutely anything. Defense couldn't stop Kansas State from doing whatever they wanted. I mean, it it was floodgates on both sides. I mean, there's there's no other way to describe it. People that watched that game just knew it was a utter and absolute butt kicking. They got taken out back, fed to the wolves, just ate up in every facet of the football game. It, there was there was no positives. TCU has 300 total yards. They get held to three points on offense. They give up almost 600 yards of offense to Kansas State. Four, 406 yards came in the first half. They gave up over 300, nearly 400 yards on the ground. We knew Kansas State was going to be physical. We knew they were going to run the football. After watching TCU play BYU, that's why I said I couldn't see I didn't see this coming. You could go from the highest of highs and think this team has really turned it around and it's going to start playing some consistent football. They played complimentary football against BYU, and then a week later you go out and you watch that. And I'm going to say what Sonny said. Your guess is as good as mine because I sure as hell don't know what's going on with this football team right now. Well, I always like to be the bearer of bad news, so let me go through a couple of stats here for you. Let's just go through a couple of uh, reminders for you. Uh, number one, TCU is yet to beat a team that was Power 5 in 2020. And so, you know, you got Nichols, you got SMU, you've got Houston, and you've got BYU. The Frogs have not won a game yet against a team that was Power 5 just a year ago. Number two, we keep, uh, we keep talking, and my, I keep talking about how this season reminds me of 2016. It's frustrating. There's these, you know, these little spurts of breakthrough moments that make you feel like, oh, there's some optimism here, and then it all falls apart. Do you, the last time the Frogs failed to score a touchdown, here's your, in, here's your Mark Cohen moment. The last time the Frogs failed to score a touchdown was 2016 against, guess who, Kansas State. And uh, it was just disappointing for the Frogs to, you know, not be able to get the ball in the end zone and then to be reminded it hasn't happened since the last time. You know, that 2016 season, that was a weak team. But then the reminder, Jeremy, you texted me this during the game, and we mentioned it. So this wasn't just our clickbait insurance. This wasn't just our insurance against our – we told you so. I'll tee you up, Jeremy. What game did this remind you of from the past? Did I say the Kansas State game? No, you said this is Oklahoma State 2021. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Oklahoma State 2021 because we were talking about how good Josh Hoover played or against BYU, and I told everyone, hey, tap the brakes a little bit because we saw the same thing with Chandler Morris against Baylor in that huge upset win in 2021, and then the next week, the following week, Oklahoma State just completely annihilates TCU. And – Although the score was different, it, Kansas State didn't get in the 60s. They probably could have. Even Sonny said they probably could have scored 100. If that's not clock it, changes, if that, clock changes as well. Yeah, if that's if that's not indicative of what he thinks of the defense right now, I don't know what is. I mean, that was kind of a you know 
that was a, a, a backhanded comment to, I mean, he, he, he rightfully so. I mean, that's, they could have scored a hundred if they really wanted to, but um, we saw a different Josh Hoover. We saw a different offense. We saw obviously a different defense. And um, I think we all appreciated how Josh Hoover played, but I think people, a lot of people appreciate it too much. Thought they had their guy, their new guy, this is going to be the guy that's going to change things around. And this game's not on Josh Hoover, by the way. But it reminded me so much. You were at the highest of highs in that upset win over Baylor. Then the next week, you get brought back down to reality. And is it, what's the famous line Bill Parcell says? You are what you are. Is that, is that what he said? And, you are uh, what you are. I, I, think, I think what we're seeing is this, this team has played overwhelmingly under expectations. Um me and Steven Johnson were talking about this after the game. We were walking um, to the parking lot, and he he said, we are talking about the different threads, fire certain coaches, this and that. He goes, man, like, you're not the only one that thought TCU was going to be good. Like, why are they calling you out? Everyone thought TCU was going to be pretty good. He said, I even thought they were going to win 10 games by what we saw during practice. And just you see, you know, what you see in practice, you, you, you talk to people, and you thought, okay, well, there's there's going to be a chance that they're going to be good. And when you look at the way the Big 12 is this year, it's really down. And then you look, well, TCU's one of those teams that are playing really, really down right now. So a lot of, uh, a lot of big issues right now, my friend. Well, the reason everybody's picking on you is because you announced that you thought they were going to go 11-1 and on the Frogcast, which is the most listened to podcast, I think, in all of college football. Um, if I understand right, that's what that's what my analytics tell me. So it's, you said it on here, and it's it's been broadcast. My mother listens to it in her nursing home in Cedar Rapids, so I bet she told everybody and told all the Iowa State fans. Though, but wait, what was your prediction? I, we had identical. Like I, I still have the the file where we loaded it up, and it it, it was identical. I had eleven and one uh, losing to Texas in the regular season. So uh, you know, the only other game I was iffy about was going to Kansas State, but. Uh, Right, maybe maybe I thought it would go on with that, and we just said we're going to go ten and two, and we lost in Kansas State. It would have made it a little bit easier. Let's let's travel back in time if if we can, and get in the DeLorean and hit eighty eight, and go back to the beginning of the season where both you and I said seven and zero going to Manhattan and upsetting Kansas State. Man, how wrong were we? I that's, I can't get over how how it's, I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this a really long time, and I just I, I cannot believe how far off I've been. And I'll just say, everybody that's uh, bad mouthing Jeremy, saying I was told this was the best athletic team we've ever had, just go pound sand and then subscribe, and keep paying your ten dollars a month and don't read the board. Let me defend myself on that because I think a lot of people get confused when I say the most athletic team. When I say the most athletic team, I'm not talking about the starting twenty-two. Okay, that's what people that's what people think. I'm talking top to bottom. There's guys that are very athletic that have not played yet. Zachary Chapman does not look like a freshman. Avion Carter does not look like a freshman. Marcus Dill does not look like a freshman. I, when I say athletic, that doesn't mean they're great football players. As we all know, sometimes kids are really athletic, Jordan Moore, Kof Kof, that aren't the best football players. And then vice versa. Sometimes we see really good football players that aren't really athletic, Johnny Hodges. So what I'm 
when I talked about being the most athletic team I've seen, I'm talking top to bottom on the roster. I'm not talking about Mark Perry's the most athletic safety I've ever seen or Savion Williams is most athletic receiver I've ever seen. I'm talking about there's guys that I'm including in this equation that people that have been out to practices will agree with me. There's a lot of kids on that on this roster that are very athletic and don't look like freshmen that makes me think and say that this is the most athletic roster they've had. And again, athletic doesn't equal great football player. No, it doesn't always translate. And, you know, that's kind of, that's, you know, it's a subjective, uh, you know, statement that this is the most athletic team because you can have great, like you said, you can have great athletes that don't know how to tackle and you can have guys that are kind of slugs that figure out how to be, you know, second team all conference. But what, what, what I, the point is there are athletes on this team. There are dudes on this team. The strength and training program seems to have been clicking at full force the problem is not the roster. The problem is not the roster. And so I want, I want to throw back to what uh, you, you said. You were talking with uh, Steven Johnson, who I, I, I followed him when he was riding up here for the Daily Memphian covering the Memphis Tigers, and I was so delighted when he started following the Frogs. He had what I think is one of the best articles I've read, kind of breaking down just three basic questions. And I want to, I want to go through these questions with you, Jeremy, and, and just kind of get your, your slant on him putting out there, not harsh words, but uh, blunt conversation. So his, his first question is, that, you know, does the three three five need to go? And I know that I feel like that's almost an, an easy target because – you know, you're saying that, you know, if you just went to a four-man front, all of a sudden everything would get better. Is the problem the three-three-five? Do you feel like that uh, Gillespie needs to change the setup that they have in the offseason because they're not able to execute with the players that they have? I don't know if you – I don't know if you change what system you're running. I think what you do is try to recruit for the system that you do have. I, I still think there's some question marks at – some of those positions, obviously, defensive line. I don't, I don't think they're very strong up front. I, I think they need to get more athletic at linebacker. I think everyone um, can kind of see right now that linebackers are not very fast. Um, whether it's uh, Jamoy Hodge, whether it's uh, Shad Banks. Oh, you know, Shad had a bad night. Shad, can we just say that Shad had a very bad night? Namdi, Namdi is athletic, but he's in his first year of playing linebacker, so. I'll look at when you look at um, the personnel, and, and maybe maybe it's how it's being relayed. I don't know, but Kansas State ran a three three five, and they didn't seem to have any problems. Iowa State ran a three three five, and they didn't seem to have any problems. I, th- I think the three three five can be a really good defense, but I think um, TCU fans in general have been they've been some of them have been <laughs> have. Watched the four two five. They watched it for over you know twenty years with with GP. Some were literally born into watching the four two five uh, for those guys that are in their their uh, early twenties. And it's it's tough to get away from watching that. You know, I, I catch myself sometimes still looking at defensive ends that are six four two hundred fifteen pounds. Like, oh man, that kid's going to be a, a great player. But then I'm looking at it from what the defense used to look like. Those that kind of guy used to be. A surefire if he's a four six kid, he's a surefire offer for Gary Patterson. Now, it's not a guarantee. I mean, you're, there's if he's athletic, there might be a chance, but they're looking for those big guys. 
um, the the big six five, six six tops, even uh, like Paul Oye Wale that's six four two seventy, but I don't think that's that's a tough that's a tough answer because I I still think that three three five can be successful because I've seen other teams do it and obviously Kansas State again go back and watch that watch that film they they didn't have any trouble whatsoever defending the run. They they played really they played the best they have in the secondary all year long. Um, they were averaging 265 yards through the air that they were giving up, and I think Josh had way less than that. So, to me, the answer is simple. They they got to recruit better. They got to they got to recruit if they're going to continue to run that scheme. They're going to have to get the players in position to run that scheme. Yeah, it's really that simple. They've got to be able to recruit to the scheme that they have. And so let me take the the other side of the argument from our uh, calm and rational fan base. We've been recruiting to this scheme for two years now. And just beginning to get the guys that we want into the pipeline for the defense that Gillespie and the Dykes um, have signed off on and want to win games with. Do you want to go ahead and change that two, two and a half years in and then have to begin to re-recruit? release some guys that have potential because they don't fit, like you said, or think, oh, well, we'll just go pick some guys up in the portal. Portal is hit and miss. You know, it's it's not always going to work. So I don't know that uh, – I don't think it's worth changing. But, you know, your argument's the best one. It didn't, didn't stop Kansas State from stopping us, and it didn't stop Iowa State from stopping us. So, I, I mean, I I like the 3-3-5, and, and, again, I know some people don't like it. And I know some people just don't like – Joe Gillespie, maybe he's maybe he's saying things the wrong way. Maybe he's got a different teaching method. I've watched Joe coach several practices. I mean, he's a, he's great in communication. Uh, the kids like playing for him. Um, some of it, if we watch that, if we watch that film, and I mentioned it during the game thread, the linebackers were taking horrible angle, angles that game. I mean, you can. You can blame the you can blame the coach, and I'm going to blame the players as well. Um, but I I'm with you. I don't I don't know if you've been recruiting for this scheme for two years if you just automatically change it. But I think it the what what I'm seeing with the defense it's 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 kind of a kind of what I've looked at from when when I was watching TCU from. 2018 through 21 uh, through 2021 there's a trend going um there's there's a trend going to where TCU played horribly against Colorado then they played good I, I I man I just cannot put wrap my head around how great they could look on defense against BYU and this completely don't even look like I mean no one was complaining about the 335 last week against BYU and now against Kansas State Kansas State was a physical team. I just don't think – I don't think they have the guys that are physical up front. Dominic Williams, big Dom, he was getting pushed back by those Kansas State linemen. So, I think a lot of it has to do with your personnel sometimes. Tymon Mitchell was getting put – there's a play I don't even remember, and I'm calling him out because Tymon Mitchell missed a tackle, and then he turned around and just stood there while the kid was still running. Just literally stood there. There, there wasn't a big effort from the team. And usually, when we ask Sonny that, "Hey, were you happy with the effort?" He'll say, "Oh yeah, the kids played hard." And, you know, this week he said, "I have to go back and watch the film." So that tells me right there he wasn't really satisfied with the effort that he was seeing. But 
man, it's it's a it's a conversation that needs to take place. Do they think that they they can have success with this scheme? Personally, I I do. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wad it up and throw it in the trash. Um, two years in, I, I still remember. Yeah, this this team got drubbed in the national championship game, but this team also made it to the national championship game. I know there's there's aspects of this defense. 2022 Texas Texas couldn't do a damn thing against TCU's defense, and I think that game alone. Michigan couldn't run the ball after the first play of the game. Yeah, and I, th- I I think that Texas game was part of the reason TCU even got in the playoffs because they finally showed consistency on defense, and everyone's like, "Well, holy crap!" This Look team, what they did to Bijan Robinson. Yeah, so they I mean they they showed, and I know this last year, but I'm just I'm just making a point. There are times where this defense, this scheme, can play up a level, and they and they could get things done. I. I will say the defensive line is not as good as it was last year. I think D winners is a huge loss, although Namdi has more than you know held his, you know made his fair share of plays. He leads the team in tackles. I think some players are playing below level than what they played last year. I don't think the safeties are playing necessarily great right now. I don't think the corners are playing necessarily great right now. So I think the level of play has definitely dropped off, and maybe that's a leadership deal. Maybe that's a coaching deal. I don't, I don't know, but um, I'm not. I'm not going to totally write off the three-three-five just yet. Obviously, we were not happy with the results against Colorado, and obviously, you know, just like we've said, we don't even have words for how bad things were in the Kansas State game. Everything in between that, I had no complaints with, with Gillespie. Even the Iowa State game, you know, some of that was turnovers and uh, field position. It was this was just the worst game that the Frogs have played in in a long, long time. In a long, long time. I knew I was going to I, I knew it was going to be bad when Will Howard got a thirty yard gain on the first drive. Uh, anytime that happens, I just it's going to be a long day. Uh, that's happened to us before with Will Howard, yes. Uh, let's go to the second question that Johnson lays out there in his article. He's really asking a question about the Browse experiment. Is it time to pull the plug on the Kendall Browse experiment? Let me go through some things that we're not happy about. The Frogs are 127th out of 130 in red zone efficiency. The Frogs are whatever statistic is worse than that on third down. Um, play calling is sus- is suspect when time when it really matters. And here, here's my big beef. Why is Amani Bailey getting 10 carries on in, in running well in, in Manhattan on Saturday night? I know when you're playing from behind, uh, you got to throw the ball more, but that doesn't mean you still – that was what I loved about Garrett Riley. He knew how to come from behind running the ball. Granted, we don't have the same offensive line, but we have an amazing running back. I, I know, and we don't have to relitigate all of this, so I'll just say this very succinctly. Kendall, or Coach, uh, Coach Dykes spent some capital to hire Coach Bryles with the university administration and as in, in terms of some people that were not happy with it um, for off-the-field issues that we don't need to get into. But if you're going to make that kind of PR choice, you better be better than 127th out of 130 in red zone offense, and that is uh, unacceptable. It is unacceptable. Is Kendall on this trajectory, if it stays flat, do you think he's out this year because of his inability to produce with all of the ridiculous number of weapons that they have? That's a, that's another question I don't know. I mean, what does Steven say? Does Steven say he's out? <laughs> I don't know. 
Uh, Steven did not give an answer. He's great at that, by the way. He poses really good questions and doesn't feel the need to have a hot take on everything. He's a great journalist, by the way. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. I, I, I knew Gary. I knew Gary's mentality because I was around him so long. Folks, we're going to end on that. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Frog Fast. Hopefully, the next time we get back together, we will be able to celebrate a win over the Texas Tech Red Ravers. Make your way out there to Lubbock. Support the team if you can. Uh, Like and subscribe to the Frogcast on your podcasting app of choice. And sign up for all of the blistering hot takes on Horn Frog Blitz. For Daniel Southern, for Jeremy Clark, I'm Jeff Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Frogcast.